0: Welcome to Go Home Eat, an NXT podcast. Hey, we're going to try to run through a Perks of Jerk instant reaction to the NXT TakeOver 36 special event on the Peacock Network streaming service, and let's get into it immediately. After, after we're done talking about it, I'm going to kind of go into where it looks like Nick Kahn wants this company to go as he has done a rash of stuff, but first let's get into the fun stuff. Cameron Grimes trying to avenge his losses and protect his mentor, Ted DiBiase, from becoming L.A. Knight's butler. This is a ludicrous scenario. It is the, the thought of Ted DiBiase being anybody's butler is It's not even a thought. You can't think of it. So obviously we figure Cameron's going to win here. How do they go about doing that is the real story. Pre-match, we burn the butler outfit in a garbage can as DiBiase escorts the Grimes out. L.A. Knight comes out. Knight, in these big match scenarios where there will be back and forth, is a very powerful, very sudden, a um, little more athletic than you would think due to his build. Uh, not very, not clunky like you might assume he is. Wrestler, you have Grimes with the devil may care attitude, as as, uh, along with his own body, he he utilizes his own body as a weapon because he just dives into trouble, which makes a great matchup between the two. They they've encountered each other a couple times. This was a fantastic version of their encounters. You had uh, Dibiase help a little early. That was things to come as he slingshots Grimes into. Knight, who is sitting on the stairs, which is an awful bump for Grimes. Again, the Devil May Care stuff. You had Knight countering and back and forth, back and forth. We'll, we'll fast forward to the finish. I, I think you should watch this pay-per-view if, you, if you're on the fence about it. It's really good all the way through. It's uh, also very interesting in a like grand scheme of where we're at in pro wrestling today uh, and what will be happening in the company. As DiBiase winds up, there's counter, counter back and forth and then We wind up with Knight going for the Million Dollar Belt, which is kind of the way that using it for a distraction was, which was sort of the way he wound up winning the matches against Grimes in the first place. This time around, he doesn't because DiBiase gets involved and DiBiase takes the belt from him or when the referee gives the belt to DiBiase from Knight, DiBiase throws it back into the ring, allowing for him to punch Uh, uh, Knight, who had also been in a Million Dollar Dream in the ring several times. They did a neat little counter roll through between Knight and Grimes as Grimes had the Million Dollar Dream on him there. DiBiase puts him in it, rolls it back into the ring. As Grimes gives up that, we get the cave in. We get Grimes with the win. And I believe if you're going to have such a thing as a Million Dollar Belt, one that was established with Virgil and Ted DiBiase, you must have million-dollar shenanigans, which is what we wind up getting down the stretch. All these matches should be finished with shenanigans, or there is absolutely no reason for a million-dollar belt. Grimes is the perfect holder of such a thing. He is that fine line between good wrestler, great wrestler, and a little bit of a goof. And he's, he's right there where he needs to be right now, and I, I imagine that he and DiBiase will continue to play off of this. Now... Once we get past that, we move into the exciting part of this thing. Kai versus Gonzalez. This was a fantastic women's match. These girls match up perfectly with one another. they work worked together quite a bit. And they told quite the tale here as... This is easily the best match Gonzalez has had as champion and... The, the story they're telling as kai is the quick elusive wrestler with strikes and then even when she gets hit she rolls away and runs away and then as she's going to try to tire out the the bigger wrestler um we actually get this story a couple of times during this pay-per-view as the next one will be will involve walter but it's a little different because obviously she she's not she's able to hit get away hit get away when when Gonzalez gets her into a hole to hold her up, she's able to turn that into arm bars. She's able to... But every time she gets things going her way, Gonzalez's size overwhelms her. And then there are some really great spots here where uh, Kai is the best at selling. Gonzalez did some, a good job at selling for her. This is just a showcase of what both these girls are capable of doing. Kai hits a coup de gras. The finish winds up where Gonzalez is on the top turnbuckle and... She, she gets kicked in the, the Kai slips out the back door Gonzalez gets her head pulled down between her knees boom kicked in the head you think oh this is where she goes for the win as she does the roundabout run to get her her kick finish Gonzalez picks her up we get a second rope bomb power, one arm power bomb and that would be all she wrote kudos to Dakota Kai I hope she's not moving up um, rumors are she might I hope she's not Kaylee Ray from NXT UK comes out at the end of this. That's exciting. Um, One of your better divisions out there. Lost a couple folks to the main roster fairly recently. And here you have someone coming in that can give you these big matches. And probably the best. It was time for, I think it was time for Kaylee Ray to move over here anyway. Uh, This should be a lot of fun. Now let's get on to a match of the year candidate. Ilya Dragunov versus Walter. I thought that... I couldn't say enough positive things about the first time they wrestled. I remember uh, Beth mentioned on commentary that Edge had once mentioned that one thing that brought him back to wrestling when he was injured was watching that Walter Dragunov matchup. It, it, It inspired him. I can't imagine... I don't think you can do a match better than the way these two guys wrestled each other right here. I mean, they're obviously picture-perfect for each other, as Walter's size is so incredible that he just kind of engulfs Dragonoff. But Elia, um, he is incredibly powerful, and he wrestles in such a a fast, sudden way, and he's so strong, and his strikes are fierce, and he slaps maybe not as hard as Walter, but they're very loud, they're great, the kicks are great. He's able to lift Walter, which is not something that a lot of people can do. When he does manage to get suplexes on Walter, or at one point he did like a very slow backdrop with Walter as Walter was trying to bomb him, and he managed to lift Walter, and Walter being coordinated enough to get his head over on that was amazing as well. But just an incredibly strong thing. As we get down the stretch here, again, I can't. This is as good as wrestling gets. What these two guys did to each other right here, it was brutal, and you know, Elias got the. Blood blisters just all over his chest and his neck. Uh, both of them are beat red from the the kicks and the suplexes and the the work rate that they're that they're putting in. It wasn't a slow match by any means. Once they got rolling, um, every time Ilya begins to really get things going his his way, Walter's size is such and his strength is such that one big chop can can stop all of that momentum, and then he gets to do a thing, and then boom, dragon's right back at him. And it goes like that until we get down the stretch run there where we get two incredibly tired guys, obviously off size being smaller and being not that Walter's in bad shape, and he did a drop kick in there in the middle that was just amazing as well. Walter did the big fellas amazing. He went to the top rope, hit a splat. I mean, just he's an amazing performer, but Obviously, it takes more to move that machine than it does more oxygen to move that machine than it would someone else. Dragunov goes for the sleeper and he gets it and he holds it and then you know you have the big man go to the second rope and jump backwards and that it's kind of an awkward landing for both of them but but Dragunov goes to the kicks and boom right back into the sleeper and he holds it and he realizes then Walter kind of finally gets straight up and he jumps backwards and lands on Dragunov but he won't let go of the hold and then when Dragunov knows that this won't finishing right here he's got to do more he begins to he, he lets go of the hold he kicks him in the head he slaps him in the back of the head he elbows him in the back of the head he reduces him to where he can sink it in again and when he sinks it in again he yanks the big man up upright from the ground almost off of his feet and then Walter begins to tap holy cow almost 900 days this guy's been a champ he taps to the new uh, as <laughs> as Dragona said the what is it the emperor lost in uh Long, long reign, the czar or something like that, which is just kudos to both these guys for a lot of pressure for them coming over here and trying to duplicate what they did before. It's hard to do a two as good as the one. And I, this, like I said, I can't say enough great things about this matchup. It was amazing. Moving on to the Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly end of an, end of an era type thing as we have your, Self-proclaimed greatest NXT champion, leader of the Undisputed Era versus his sidekick, he he keeps telling us. O'Reilly looks as if he is trying to ascend into the title picture. He has wrestled for the championship. He has wrestled in big matches. He has given us some of the better matches in the last couple of years, uh, at least in the last year. So I'm really high on his matches with Finn Balor. This was good. It was a two out of three falls. It The only thing wrong with this was it had to follow that last one. And my personal taste made me lean towards the last one. Whereas this one, we had a regular match, and it was kind of a really interesting first finish. As Cole is going for, fairly quickly, Cole is going for his Panama City Sunrise, or Panama, yeah, Panama City Sunrise, and O'Reilly just sits down on him on it. And it really worked pretty amazing. And he gets the one, two, three, so it's like, what? Boom, we move into the second one, which was a street fight. O'Reilly kind of has the better of him. He puts a trash can over his head, drop kicks him from the apron into a chair. Um, then O'Reilly flips it to his side. O'Reilly begins to lean into the the heelishness of who he is as a character. He utilizes sarcasm in his moveset, which is great. Even, even to the point where he convinces O'Reilly that he's going to Give him the last call and O'Reilly. Okay, I kind of okay, I know it's coming, so I'll counter it. And instead of that, he goes kendo stick to the back, right? Um, O'Reilly's playing with hurt or playing, he's wrestling with hurt ribs according to script. But the finish winds up being where O'Reilly does take the pin here and he's hurt and he's injured what on earth we got the medical staff checking on him the steel cage is being lowered for the last fall of the bunch cole attacks drops him on the announcer's table rolls him back into the ring as as we secure the cage cole is on the offensive he's got a rally on the ropes o'reilly fires back because you know he's that kind of guy boom 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 back and forth Cole gets it going his way with a low blow, and then as they're fighting on top of the third rope, Cole gets a second low blow as he falls onto the rope, which, God, those are so brutal. You know, if you're a guy, yikers, when they ring the chimes like that back-to-back, back, wowzers. Okay, so then Cole has handcuffs. Handcuffs him. Oh, neat little thing in here. Cole does the... uh Cole goes for the lop jaw, which is obviously Britt Baker's signature move, the wife, the amazing pro wrestler on AEW, and we'll get to that a little later, pretty quickly later. But as, a, as Cole handcuffs a rally to the ring, to the ropes, it has to be over, right? We get a super kick, we get another super kick, hubris is taken over as. Cole can just walk away if he wants, climb out of the ring and be done with it. There's nothing Kyle O'Reilly can do. Instead, he chooses to stand there and chew O'Reilly out about how he is the top guy in NXT history. You've always been second, third, fourth. I was the leader. I was the number one the whole time. He goes for another super kick. O'Reilly catches him. One-armed heel hook. He lays it down. It's impossible for O'Reilly to win, but he has due to the fact that his character never quits and due to the fact that Cole's character always leans into braggadocia. Wonderful way. If Cole is going to the main roster, which is not the prevailing dirt sheet thing we're hearing right now. If Cole is going to AEW, which is the prevailing dirt sheet we're hearing now. Either way he does, this is the way you leave a territory, if you know what I'm saying. You leave on your back. You lose. You put the guy over. O'Reilly has championed his demon. He has broken out of the Undisputed Era's shadow, even though he kind of had already done that with those championship matchups before in my eyes. This is where O'Reilly should be if he is going to be one of the guys in this company. Cole and this rivalry have helped set the table for that success. Kudos to Cole. As I'm listening, I swear I think I heard the crowd chanting something to the effect of that's BS. Um, look, if Cole wants to go, by all reports, he was offered contracts from SmackDown or from Vince and told plans of what they would plan on doing with him if he moved on. If he chooses to go a different direction, good for him, guys. He's going to where his wife works. He's going to where some of his best friends work. He's going to enjoy the next phase, whether it's Duval or whether it's a traveling Vince land. But he's doing what he wants and he will be on your TV sets having bangers. He has won me over. Originally, he was not my kind of guy. I wasn't I wasn't sold on him. He just continues to work the mic like a champ. He's one of the best on the stick. He's great at what he does. If you give him a little bit of backup, he can sell beating anybody. He utilizes his kicks like a sniper. I, I, I really like the kid, and I, and he's, grown, he's not a kid at all. But I, I really have come to enjoy his work, looking forward to wherever he goes, and kudos to coming up with a way to have O'Reilly prove his mettle. And get this thing done. Excellent job. And then we have our main event of the evening. We have Joe versus Cross. This is a tricky one because the story to be told will probably be going in thinking about it. Joe hasn't wrestled in a while, he's older, he's heavier. Can he do this with the younger wrestler if this goes into deep waters? The story of an observer is the same exact thing. Can he chain together a match, having not worked in a while, in a way that's in, that's entertaining to us? Joe is one of the great professional wrestlers of his era. He is a Ring of Honor Hall of Famer. He is a WWE Hall of Famer. He is a NXT Hall of Famer. He's a two-time champion. I know that the WWE and NXT are the same thing, but I'm just telling you. If you put your upper echelon of NXT performers, he is right there with Finn Balor. He is right there with Sami Zayn. He is right there with Adam Cole. He's as good as it gets. His matches were fantastic. He's right there with Andrade. He's right there with Black. Just really a fantastic performer. And he has been for a long, long time. And when they get into it, they, they fill up this, this match with hard... Physical, wrestling, Joe, early on, let you know he still got it. After his suicide dive, um, he's huffing and puffing. You wonder if he landed wrong. Joe's been injured a lot lately as he gets older. So, you, you know, you always kind of worry when things happen. If he's hurt, he just needed a breath, I think. They get back in the ring. They Look, Joe's good, man. Joe's good, and even... As much as it looked like he was huffing and puffing, he was able to give us that, that style of physical performance with the strikes, with the kicks, with the, the holds that, that really made it work. Cross is a really, he's a really good pro wrestler too. He hasn't been in a lot of scenarios where he has to sell for other people. And there were moments too where it was a little, I don't want to say wonky at all, but there were moments where maybe it took a little longer for something to happen than he might've expected, which is to be expected when you're wrestling a guy like Joe at this stage of his career still worked. You had, uh, cross on top in the middle and you, and you realize, okay, Joe is in deep water here. A urinagi kind of resets the match, uh, there's a, a little bit here where Cross goes to the second rope. You think, well, maybe and dude, Joe gets him in the Muscle Buster, puts him down, and we have a new champion. I thought the, I thought the pay per view was good. I thought the Kai Gonzalez match was absolutely incredible. I thought Dragonoff and Walter was it's going to be in that handful of top ten matches this year. And the other ones were strong too. It's just it's hard to be on a pay per view with something that is about as good as this as it can get in that style of wrestling, and it, and that's what the other ones were up against. But there was nothing wrong with any of it, and I really enjoyed all these matches. I feel like it is interesting to note, though. Okay, so this is supposedly the rebooting of the company. Con, Con, uh, t- uh, Nick Khan had an interview where he says, "Hey, everybody knows." They canned a lot of people in NXT not that long ago. Everybody was wondering if Paul Levesque, mm-hmm. Hunter Hurst Helmsley, is done or what the state is of his involvement in all of this. Con reassured that, you know, this was Hunter's blueprint. And I, reading between the lines, what he was kind of alluding to was we got away from Hunter's blueprint a little bit, as we brought in all of this indie talent that was established. And if you look at at who we had on this pay-per-view, if we're changing the way we do this, Samoa Joe, Cross, Grimes, Knight, Cole, O'Reilly, all established talents in other companies, whether it be Impact, whether it be New Japan, whether it be ROH, there were if they're getting away from it, this is interesting because Cross is probably going up. That's got to be why he lost right here. He, there's no place else. Now, what, what happens to him on a main roster? I don't know. He just won, but two out of three from Jeff Hardy. He's one and one with, with Keith Lee. Uh, there's no shame in any of that, but he's not the killer. He was not presented as a killer over the last month. It kind of, one thing it does due to this match is now that he's lost here it takes away that aura of invincibility he once had and that's an interesting thing and how they book him on Raw will be tricky but as we know the way Raw books people is always going to be tricky so moving forward as they try to get away from this what happens are they going to try to throw money at the two gold medalists they had at SummerSlam last night are they going to pull in a basketball player are they going to pull in a couple of offensive tackles and a running back to try to teach them how to do it. And then kind of pick here and there with some indie guys that they find interesting. They have, you know, for example, you have the Carmelo Hayes and um Odyssey Jones in this matchup at the breakout tournament. Those are the kind of guys that you kind of think, hey you know, Odyssey Jones, is he, he looks like he could be something special. Hayes is, is a perfect guy for what we have seen lately from NXT, but we'll see if they go away from that as they try to both continue a show while prepping for Vince's vision on the Raw and SmackDown brands. Should be interesting, should be fun. I I first fell in love with NXT Because it felt like I was watching a minor league ball game or college football. As you watch these prospects, or you go to a senior bowl or something like that, right? And you watch these prospects and you kind of envision what they could be. And then, of course, it became something else as it began to sign more and more indie talent. And you still had that rabid fan base. And then it feels like they've decided to make a financial decision which I understand if you're using it as a developmental program and yet they still are going to try to give us something interesting and this could be fun, but a lot of pressure on one Paul Levesque because he has been brutalized in the press lately for not knowing what is going on in his company and completely blamed for losing a war that he was outspent in. Um, So we'll see. How that goes, I, I'm not sure, but I will say this. Dragging off Walter? Watch it. It's right there with as good as anything you can see. It was an amazing match. Great pay-per-view. Kai, I hope she stays because there's a lot a lot of weird stuff going on up top in the women's divisions and uh, and I just don't know where she fits in up there right now. And she's the kind of She's the kind of worker that's perfect for a division in that she can win at any moment because she's a heel and she can make every single person she gets in the ring with look good as testified by this matchup she had with Gonzalez. Fantastic night of wrestling. Appreciate you. This is a Go Home Heat production. Copyright 2021. Go home. Check out our friends at The Game Project. The G-I-N-N project.com.